Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Jedi Order everybody. Um, this week I'm joined by lifelong Star Wars fan Jen Marie, someone who I've been following for years as one of the best sources of all things Star Wars. She's been writing her Star Wars blog Anakin and his Angel for nearly two decades now, which she started in 2000 I believe just after the release of Phantom Menace. She has also contributed to many sites over the years as a writer and as a brand ambassador for a host of great companies and publications. And today we get to talk about how much Star Wars content there is these days and what are the most exciting projects coming around the corner for Star Wars. So without further ado, here is the next episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Well, I know we briefly spoke about a few different things that we wanted to talk about, and I wanted to just get a understanding, because your blog has been running for the best part of two decades now, I believe. Yes, this November it'll be 20 years. Which is, you know, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's, <laughs> what's what's interesting enough is during that time, especially a lot of your content, Star Wars content that was been pumped out into the world was the Clone Wars, the animated series. Yes. I mean, did you find yourself taking like looks back at everything that had happened when you were writing about various Star Wars content? Did you go back a lot to like the prequels? Obviously, a few of those happened within your blog's timeline and the uh, original trilogy. Or did you kind of just do it more responsive to kind of what was happening in the day to day? Yeah, I believe when I started it, it was mostly centered around the content that was out then. And I I really enjoyed reporting on all the upcoming news because I, I did start it after The Phantom Menace. So we still had Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. So it was all kind of a lot of prequel content at that time. Yeah, of course. I mean, it was, I tell people before, everybody kind of gets, I find everyone I speak to gets introduced to Star Wars in a different way. Some people, obviously, it was the film, it was the fanfare, or it was the original trilogy. For me personally, it came through toys first, because I got hand-me-down toys. And that's, oh, I didn't e- I didn't even know they were Star Wars toys when I first started off. So <laughs> I kind of, that's how I got into it. I just thought, oh, these are spaceships and cool looking dudes and weird looking uh, droid people. So this is fun. And then, of course, when the prequels came about, that's when it kind of opened my eyes to the bigger kind of Star Wars world. Do you kind of remember your first memory of Star Wars? Was it seeing it on TV or in a theater or was it something else? It was on TV, actually. Um, I was going into the living room, and there sat my mom and dad. They were watching A New Hope. And it was the scene where Obi-Wan handed Luke his father's lightsaber. And I was just completely mesmerized by that scene 
because especially because I grew up watching Disney movies and TV shows like I Love Lucy. So I had never seen anything quite like that before. And I was immediately interested. And what I love about that is everyone kind of responds in the same way. It was kind of always an eye-opening thing to kind of a new world. It was something a bit more than just an everyday movie for a lot of people when they first see Star Wars. What a poignant scene for you to come in on as well. (laughs) I know. Story for that to be your first kind of glimpse of Star Wars. So when when did it then transform for you to obviously because now it's like it's your life as it is mine and many other people. But when did it make that transition for just something you've seen on the television to being a big part of your every day? So let me think. So I saw A New Hope for the first time all the way through during its re-release in 1997. And I became an instant fan and collector and um I think my, I would say my love for Star Wars doubled once I saw The Phantom Menace. I was uh, 13 years old at that point, so it felt very much like my Star Wars, especially since I got to be part of the anticipation of waiting for the next couple movies, you know, in the prequel trilogy. And, um, And of course, like I stated before, it wasn't long after seeing the movie that I began my blog, Anakin and his angel because I really just wanted a place to dedicate to Anakin and Padme because I was really captured by their story and but also to share upcoming news with the fans and um, I remember after Revenge of the Sith there was like quite a dry spell and I mean during this time online we didn't have social media like we do now. We didn't have Instagram or Twitter. And so a lot of the interaction with fans was on forums or in emails or comments on, you know, blog posts and things like that. And it all died down so quickly. And that was a big downer for me because I I still loved Star Wars just as much as, you know, anybody else did. And I, I wanted more Star Wars. And we did have... Um, little bits here and there like we had the clone wars and i believe that's when her universe launched kind of around that time but it was just very like i didn't really have anything to blog about and it was just like a very odd an odd time in the fandom and so when it was announced that um disney acquired lucasfilm at first i was not the biggest fan of the idea because I I thought the the story was perfect and then I quickly realized like how wrong I was <laughs> especially after going to um, Star Wars Celebration Anaheim in 2015 when they showed the Force Awakens trailer I felt like there was a fire inside of me that like reignited as a Star Wars fan and I was just like oh my gosh we do need this. Like, I need this, not only for myself as a fan to continue to enjoy, you know, all the, all the new stories that we would get, but as a blogger, too, because I was so excited to get back into doing that. Because it was it was a um, not just a hobby for me. It was something that I enjoyed doing every single day. So I, I would say that you know, the original trilogy is, is how I 
became a fan, the prequels is what doubled my love for Star Wars. And now I just feel like with the sequel trilogy, it's really, um, I don't know what the word is, but just like grounded me more as a Star Wars fan. And I, I just appreciate everything that um, that they continue to do for the fans. There's just so much even now to look forward to. There's so many TV shows and, and games and books. And I'm just, I find myself always so joyful and excited when whenever there's new Star Wars um, content being being announced or released. I, f- I feel very much feel that the fans that have come on board, fans that the sequel trilogy, it will be kind of their Star Wars, as you were saying, the mm-hmm. prequels was yours, which is how I feel about myself as well, because I was a similar age. I was 13, 14 when the prequels came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel that the new fans, they won't even know what it's like for us, because the original trilogy fans said this uh, this exact same thing as we had we had like all this star wars and everything to be excited about and then suddenly there was this void and no one knew what to do yeah it, it just went from like the biggest hype machine kind of in the world to right it's like right we're done now see you guys later and everyone's like but no i know <laughs> <Where's my Star laughs> Wars? but of course now we're so privileged aren't we because we're getting so much content and um i myself have just i when the clone wars recently obviously ended because they did the final season but mm-hmm. i i put it upon myself to go back to the beginning and rewatch because i just wanted to make sure that i was as informed as i could possibly be going into the last ones and but of course now they've announced the bad batch which comes from like the first two episodes or the first two to three episodes of the new clone wars series yes so i mean i'm extremely excited about that because once again, we get to see, even though Dave Filoni's moving a bit into live action, we get to see his involvement again in an animated series. What kind of most excites you about, I would say, the timeline of The Bad Batch? Because I'm presuming it's going to take place relatively soon after The Clone Wars finished. Yes, that's what I gathered too. I know I know they did announce it would take place after that. So, um yeah, I, I want to know what they know and what their involvement was, if if anything, when Order 66 took place. I'm I'm guessing that none of them have the chips at this point. I don't yeah. know if I can't I mean I've only watched that Bad Batch arc once, but I'm assuming that none of them have the chips. I'm assuming that would be, I guess that would be the easiest way, or that's maybe what they were trying to tell us by the fact that they're, they were, I can't remember if it's, they were kind of like clones that didn't work out properly, or they were clones who were kind of modified to have certain enhancements, because they all have their certain particular skills, don't they? Yes. It's hard to know if uh, at any point they were created maybe away from the rest or the chip malfunction at a young age and then they kind of morph them into what they are now which would i would guess would kind of make sense them not having the chip otherwise the beginning of i guess the bad batch is just going to be as (laughs) dark as the end of a clone wars really yeah i was i was very surprised that we didn't see um, that group return in the season finale. I was actually kind of expecting it. So I'm really glad that we get to see more of them because their arc actually was my 
second favorite after the finale. I just really enjoyed the story and, and just learning about their unique abilities. Um, do you have a favorite? I think my I always love the um, the technical guy. Oh yeah. Um, I can't. Is it? It's I can't remember. Uh, I exactly. think they just call him Tech. Yeah, right? I think they might. Yeah, they, it's very simple sometimes yeah. when it comes to the clones' names, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> What's definitely. he good at? Technology. Okay, tech. That's done. Um, <laughs> I always love that guy, the one who's like in the middle of a battlefield going on, but trying to work out ten million other things in his mind so that they can progress further. That's kind right. of uh, that's kind of my favorite guy. How about yourself? I. It's really hard. I. I because I like their group dynamic. They all kind of just bring something different to the table and there's like humor in there and like um I probably have to say Hunter though. Yeah. I really liked Hunter, yeah. He he was uh I mean yeah, like you said it is the group dynamic is perfectly kind of uh well-rounded with those guys and I feel obviously we're going to get because we got their interaction with Rex, it didn't we over like two to three episodes? And I felt I feel very much he's obviously going to be. I don't think you could have another series without him featuring on, which kind right. of makes you think of. I mean, how heavily involved is Ahsoka going to be in it? Because when it comes to Dave Filoni, that is his, you know, prized possession in terms mm-hmm. of creation. And I mean, with someone like her, there's so much story, isn't there? There's so many years that are untold we see a bit of her in obviously star wars rebels and we get that phenomenal episode where she actually comes um into contact with anakin as darth vader but is there kind of where if if you could look into kind of putting ahsoka into it more would you like to see her because she leaves i feel one lightsaber behind doesn't she Yes. She, uh, yeah, that's that's what it's always like. One's behind, but where's the other one? <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to know what what happened with Rex and Ahsoka yeah. during that time. And part of me thinks be, because it is called the Bad Batch, I, I don't know if it'll be very heavily focused on that aspect of the story. I I love ahsoka she's my one of my favorite characters in star wars and i would always like to see her if it makes sense i don't want her to just be thrown into a project just because she's a popular character um so yeah i don't know because i i was thinking about that like what other characters could we possibly see in this series i was even thinking um cad bane maybe Yep. He's a character that um that a lot of people like that we have not seen in quite a while. Um I th- I think there's opportunities for several different characters to show up in this series, especially during that timeline. I don't know. I saw even some people talking about the possibility of characters from Solo appearing. Yeah. I mean that that's the thing, isn't it? The timeline is. I yeah. Mean, we're, just, we're just about to go into a point in time in Star Wars content where this timeline between Revenge of the Sith and New Hope, obviously, a bad batch could go past that. We don't know. It could go wherever it wants to, really. But we're just about to see mm-hmm. so much content in that area, aren't we? With possibly the Bad Batch, with the Kenobi series, 
Um, you're going to see it with the Cassian Andor series. So many yeah. crossovers of characters. Effectively, you can you can be telling three separate stories, but we can have exactly all of those characters in everybody else's story, which is unbelievably exciting. Yes, definitely. And I also hope with this series that we kind of because we know we now know that Echo is part of the Bad Batch, and I think his reaction to the rest of the group to everything that happened with Order 66 will be much more emotional. I don't know if... Just because he was part of what was happening, whereas they were kind of off doing their own thing. And I I just hope we get into that. I I just want to see their perspectives and their feelings about what happened. And I'm wondering if... Because we know it's set after the Clone War. I wonder if we will just see any kind of flashbacks of them going through it. Or if it will all just be like mentioned in conversations. I feel, I mean, I feel it would kind of be a great place to... I mean, there's so many obviously different ways. And I'm sure whatever way they tell it, it's going to be pretty impressive. But I would love for maybe the first two episodes or also the series to deal with where they were with order 66 where echo was with order 66 and then you could almost jump forward in time to like yeah. later afterwards but it's because it was seeing order 66 play out in the clone wars was just as emotional even not sometimes more emotional than seeing it play out in revenge of the sith even though you knew the outcome to mm-hmm. a certain extent it's still an emotional roller coaster so i feel that even if they did it again in the bad batch you're gonna go through for me i reckon the same emotional roller coaster all over again we're gonna have to relive that the worst jedi moment in history once again <laughs> right yeah and i like that idea of how how this series could um start off and i i fully expect at least the first episode to be heavy Yes, And I I think, I kind of think it should be just to kind of like, I mean, the season finale ended on a very heavy note. So I think it would be a good transition. Yeah, the tone of the series finale was uh, extremely well executed. And I kind of liked the way they mapped out the series, the last final series of The Clone Wars with giving you enough. That's the great thing about the series format is they can give you all that extra bit of storytelling so you truly understand where all the characters are in that particular moment so you can have three four episodes of ahsoka finding herself meeting other people going on little missions just to kind of answer all those questions i've spoken about it with other people before in the mandalorian that's the benefit of um in a movie you've got two hours sometimes two and a half max to kind of put all these bits together whereas in a series you've got at least 10 hours just over one uh, after one show run i know we wanted to talk about also the kenobi series because i feel the more i think about the kenobi series the more i realize there's so many ways they can go with it because so much happens during that time and obviously now there's all these big rumors that hayden christensen is gonna come back and be yes. a part of that kenobi series and what kind of what excites you most about Hayden coming back to Star Wars and then kind of 
with what we could possibly see him do in obviously Darth Vader, uh, Darth Vader's role. So, okay, I have to back up a little bit and just <laughs> tell you that when the Kenobi series was announced, I was watching it live on my on my phone and I cried. I was so excited and when I saw the rumor about Hayden Christensen, I cried again because, <laughs> oh my gosh, um, can, right now Kenobi is the, the, the series that I'm looking forward to the most. I just really love his character and I can't wait to just see Ewan McGregor back in that role. And obviously I, I love the um, chemistry between him and Hayden and as Obi-Wan and Anakin. So when I saw that, I was just like, oh my gosh, Please let this one be true. Um, and I think the possibility of Hayden being involved is very likely, especially since he's been around more recently at, at um, some conventions. And I mean, he recently provided the voice for Anakin and the Rise of Skywalker. So it seems like he's kind of coming back in his own way. Um, I know there's been... I don't know how true it is, but there has been some reports that he's been seen at Skywalker Ranch recently. Um, so my my initial thought about his role is this series. This series is six episodes altogether. Yeah. So I, I don't know how involved he would be, but my initial thought was that we would see him in flashbacks. But then I also thought that he could be Darth Vader. I mean, we we know that he wore the armor before in Revenge yeah. of the Sith. And I don't know if Vader and Obi-Wan crossing paths would happen, but if it did, I wouldn't be opposed to it because I think the lines that are said in A New Hope doesn't have to have a direct correlation with Revenge of the Sith. Because we know he says, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. And he says, I sense something, a presence I have not felt since. So I, I think there is possibility and room for that to happen. I don't know. It's just I'm, I'm very intrigued by, by how he could be involved with it. And I think also he could be, we could see him as Vader and not have much of an interaction with Obi-Wan. Maybe it's something that, you know, that they sense each other or something. Because we see a lot of that, especially in um, the Clone Wars and, like, the old trilogy. We see a lot of, like, those moments of, like, sensing each other's presence, especially when it's with Anakin and Vader. So I think yeah. that could be something interesting to, to think about, too. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Because we don't technically, like you said, we don't actually have to have a Vader and Obi-Wan scene together. But we, right. could, we could very much have um, almost Vader have knowing the presence that Kenobi is still out there. So he mm -hmm. could almost be sending. Um, he could, I mean, we could have a Mando crossover to a certain extent before, before like, where the Mandalorian is now, but at the Assassin's, the Bounty Hunter Guild, because mm -hmm. Vader has hired Bounty Hunters on multiple occasions. 
So we could have that could be kind of Vader's. You could have him a couple of times instigating the hiring of maybe Boba Fett or other bounty hunters such as that to go after Kenobi. Because what one Ooh, thing because yeah. that's that's something that excites me. Because you can obviously, thankfully, I mean those guys have both aged incredibly well so you could easily do yeah. flashbacks as well because they seem to still look exactly the same age as they did when they finished uh making revenge of the sith 15 years ago so that's worked out pretty well for them as well but um you could very much have him just instigating kind of the search for kenobi which also makes me feel that one kind of meeting i would love to see is i would love to see Darth Maul and Kenobi come together again because mm. that very yeah. much sits in that timeline and that would be kind of a good like Crimson Dawn way for it to go because I think that's the last time we see well we see Darth Maul in Rebels I know yes that, but um I don't think he's confronted Kenobi again since if if my memory right right and Kenobi that oh it's so hard with so many projects now with the timelines and remembering what comes first and yes, what comes next so does kenobi take place before rebels that's what i'm trying to figure out right now because rebels sits um it sits just before i mean this is the this is the great bit about podcast editing as i can um, i can just google <laughs> and just take this bit out so it makes it look like we're really knowledgeable as uh <laughs> <laughs> where the star wars timeline sits so it looks like star wars rebels takes place in the exact same time as the cassian andor series ah it mm. takes place after the obi series so the events in so yeah so star wars rebels takes place after the obi-wan series according to reports and what lucasfilm have said so far which means all the elements of Darth Maul in Rebels will be a Darth Maul after he has met Kenobi again. Okay. Which is interesting. So we mm -hmm. could very much get that um, Crimson oh Dawn moment because it's yeah. Obi-Wan series is supposed to go on around the same similar timeline to Solo. So it fits perfectly with the Crimson Dawn timeline. Oh, that's very interesting. I mean, it's so many different options, isn't it, now that they can go. That's the great thing about Disney Plus is they don't now have to almost like invent their own new section of Star Wars because they can go on character basis like they're doing with the Cassian series, Obi-Wan series. And as I'm sure you're extremely aware, the possible Lando series. Yes. As of yesterday, um, Noah and Corey from Castle Run Transmissions announced that rumor. I woke up to it and I was like, ooh, this is very interesting. And I saw that they announced that it was both Donald Glover and Billy D. Williams. Now that is very interesting because there's they um go back to there's an interview where I think with Billy D. Williams when he's doing press for Rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. where, where they ask him about is so is your involvement is this the conclusion to kind of Lando's story and Billy Dees is like well you know maybe there's more to tell and that's also yes. you very much get that hint as well from the end of the Rise of Skywalker 
that he's just about yeah. to embark on another mission. That is true. So will it be something like him telling his stories to, to I don't know, whoever? That kind would, of like yeah. a narrative kind of thing? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm hoping. Because what we see, don't we, in Solo, what, what does he call them? Like the Calrissian... I can't remember what they are. Chronicles, the Chronicles or... or something like that, isn't yeah. it? So it'd be great if we could see Billy D like mm-hmm. reprising that and doing the Chronicles, and then you get to live it through Donald Glover. Yeah, that would be so cool. And it would be really neat, even if he wasn't like sharing it with somebody, if he was like still keeping a diary kind of yeah. thing. That would be and, really neat. And I feel that's kind of. Because, I mean, Make Solo 2 Happen has been a massive movement, really. That has, it has. Um, especially over the past, I would say, six to eight months. It just keeps on picking up more and more traction. So, I mean, it's a perfect way to do it, isn't it? Without the pressure of going to the cinema uh, and releasing another feature, you could almost have, like, all those Lando and Solo moments that they've had throughout their lives together those those two with Chewbacca who isn't going to want to watch that if it was like a six part or ten part limited series because the oh, yeah. are all, all brilliant and um, I forget his Donald Glover yes. is phenomenal as Lando even down to the voice sounds pretty much spot on yeah I, I would definitely watch that yeah, it gets it gets me excited, it, and it also again it makes me think of what other characters we would see alongside well, I, him. I've always wanted to, the fact we've got all these Disney Plus series. Then there's a couple of characters like Admiral Akbar and Nine Num and people like that. We could give yeah. them, we could give them their own episodes. I really want um, because Mandalorian obviously happens after. Uh, return of the jedi and there's a comic book series that i don't know if you know called shattered empire oh yes i haven't read it but yes but of course that deals with the fact that we defeated the empire there but they're still obviously scattered all over the galaxy so Mm. trans so there's still elements of the empire around that need to be eradicated so i'd love to see kind of if mandalorian was kind of hired to take out parts of the empire by people like Admiral Akbar and uh, some of the Rebel Alliance because that would be a brilliant team up. I'd love to see Akbar on a spy mission. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's it's funny, isn't it? Like forever we had movies to look forward to and more lately it's been TV series because we and, haven't really had any announcements as far as um, films go. And I, I, That's the thing. I think now it's due to everything that's going on they're probably going to put it on a bit of a back burner until they understand what's happening yeah with how to like when films can go back to like normal release schedules because everything's just being pushed to 2021 isn't it at the moment yes yes so while that's happening they're gonna i feel i feel maybe the bad batch probably got announced earlier than it was initially planned because with the Bad Batch, they can put that into production straight away because of the animation. They don't have to have thousands of people working on a live set. Right. So it makes it a lot easier for them for them to do so. But, I mean, we've got so much, I guess, to look forward to, haven't we? Because you've got Taika Waititi coming into the fold with Kevin Feige. 
mm-hmm. which I kind of really hope that those two maybe team up with their own trilogy. And we still have the Ryan Johnson trilogy. And yes. I feel having Kevin Feige come into the fold, I would kind of give him, if I, if I was making the decisions, which I never will be at Disney, but um, <laughs> I would love Kevin Feige to have the same kind of, not control, but map out something like he did as he did with Endgame and Avengers. He mm. does that over 22 odd films, but if you could do it over six, maybe, and have Ryan Johnson's films and Tyker's like concluding as a mashup together, that, that for me would be something really, really exciting. Is there anything you're looking forward to kind of in the film world of Star Wars that's been announced so far? Ooh. Um, I am curious to learn what Ryan Johnson's trilogy is. Because with the other ones, the, from what I remember from those announcements, they were just single films, right? Yeah. With Taika. Okay. So I am... I'm. I will say The Last Jedi, I enjoy it. I don't I don't love it, but I am intrigued to see what Ryan Johnson will do with the trilogy and like what that timeline will be. And will it be I know a lot of people have speculated about it being during the time of the old republic, I believe. Yeah. Um or is it am I right on that? I don't know. I should have had notes down about this i am not sure if it was the old republic that has been rumored with him or is it i don't know let me have a look when it when they're because i feel that's what um a lot of discussion has been okay so like the latest because obviously it hasn't been announced when it's set but the latest kind of discussions or things that have been brought out is that the trilogy is set to take place after the rise of Skywalker and around people like um, the broom boy from the last Jedi, other force sensitive people who aren't Jedis, but they have a sensitivity to the force and the events of the rise of Skywalker bringing people together like that. So Mm. those are the last rumors, which is quite interesting to a certain extent, but I kind of feel like I would love for him to go back into the old Republic because I just there's so much there, and he is such, he is a very good storyteller and a very good filmmaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's obviously the um, Project Luminous, which is the High Republic. Yes. So there's a whole plethora of characters that have just been announced, and I know they say. They haven't announced the High Republic as something for films yet, but I mean, <laughs> surely, oh, I would love to see that. Surely it's going to transfer over, don't you think? At some point, I think. I mean, I would like, I would like some form of that visual, the 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 visual aspect of it, because I'm, I don't know how involved I will be with the High Republic content because I, I'm definitely intrigued by the idea of it and especially the timeline i mean 200 years before the prequels that that's intriguing um and and like you said i absolutely love the the concept art that we've seen of the characters and the lightsabers i'm just not that big of a reader i'd mother i much rather watch the stories 
Yeah. That, you know, that's, I'd much, that's always yeah. that thing, though, isn't there? Because now there's so much Star Wars content. And I know. And it can't fa- all be like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. In all fairness, your average Star Wars fan isn't going to be like watching a film and then also reading the maybe the 25 comics which came out around the film right (laughs) and and the book that came out after it or the book that came out before it like we get um kylo ren there's so much kylo ren content which isn't in the movies uh, and the knights of ren which you when especially when seeing the knights of ren in rise of skywalker even like the when they just walk through the um starship with all their muddy boots on and everything like that you're like i just want to see these guys for a good because <laughs> they're just so interesting i mean they could be the bad batch i <laughs> could yeah give give the knights of ren a show i'll watch that exactly <laughs> have have the knights of ren go 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 head to head with the bad batch and then then you've got then you've got a show because there's so much there's so much that could be done there i mean do you find yourself where are you kind of with the sequel trilogy that's just come out Mm-hmm. So obviously, when we we had Mark Hamill back, we had Carrie Fisher back, we had Harrison Ford back, and a plethora of other people. So it kind of lends itself that you're never kind of done with Star Wars. So, mm-hmm. out of the sequel trilogy characters, is there any of those that you would love to see come back into the fold? Like who maybe were your favourite characters in the sequel trilogy, and who would you like to come see on a cinema screen again? Oh, definitely Ray and Kylo slash Ben. Yeah. They yeah, I absolutely love them. I love them as their own characters and together, because I am a Raylo fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I very much what you get with Ray is because you could very much have uh, Ben come back as a force ghost. And yes. almost to a certain extent be someone she goes to for guidance. Yeah, her life after the effect after the events of Rise of Skywalker, which would be kind of an interesting turn. But it's also would Adam Driver come back? I don't know. He very much seems like a guy who's like, I will do this for when I for as long as I feel I should do it, and then I will not revisit it again. (laughs) Yeah, it's very confusing because part of me thinks that they're not done with his character because of the fact that they didn't show his Force Ghost, which if you look back at all the other Jedi that have passed. We've seen their force ghosts. We've seen them come back in that sense. And with Ben, we didn't. So I'm just wondering what that means. Mm. Because you wouldn't wouldn't have to, he wouldn't have to do a lot, would he? Really? No. To shoot it in the same way that you could come into, it's almost come into like a green screen for a couple Mm -hmm. of days and shoot all of his scenes. Yeah. He wouldn't need to be on particular sets or in any kind of uh, full-on action. You just kind of, it would just be a couple of days filming and then you could probably, that would be fine for a whole entire feature, if not more. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm really curious to see if if they have more plans for that character. And And we know from, I don't remember what interview it was, but it was asked specifically about Ben Solo's Force Ghost, and it was not something that they shot. 
So they say. So I just think that's very curious. And when I watch the movie, I, I do wonder why he wasn't there at the end with his mom and uncle. It just seemed like it would have been uh, a little bit more perfect because I really, I really am a fan of how the story concluded. But when I compare it to the end of Return of the Jedi, like everyone who should have been there was there. Whether That's it be, true. you know, in Force Ghost form or whatever. And so I just think it's kind of weird that he wasn't there. That's very true, because you do get that conclusion, don't you? Which I completely yeah. forgot about to the mirror uh, similarities there. You get all you get everybody there in, in Force Ghost and you get to see everybody. Yeah. Kind of And uh, even though we didn't hear like it was part of the the ending of the film, the part where Ray is looking up and she's saying, be with me. Like, even though all those voices of the Jedi that we heard weren't in that end scene, they were still there. They still had an appearance and a point in the film. And it was a lot of characters. Yeah. So I also, I also look at that and just think like how odd that Ben wasn't there. So it just makes me think that they're not done with him. Because you would very much, uh, I mean, it's something uh, we see a lot jumping back to the animated series of the Clone Wars in terms mm-hmm. of learning how to be present in your present in the afterlife. That's something kind of Yoda goes to and then he teaches to other people. You you would very much thought as Ben went down kind of a Sith route for a while that they're always concerned about preserving themselves afterlife or at least preserving themselves so they never die to a certain extent. So you would have thought he would have mastered that part of the ways of the Force that he could come back as a Force ghost. Yeah, that's such a good point. So it's it's quite it's quite interesting. I mean, he's a phenomenally interesting character. I mean, his mm-hmm. arc is just absolutely brilliant over the three films. For a lot of people, he is uh, everyone's um, favorite character. I would say over that time. Where would you kind of feel that he fits in to come come back? Would he fit in to come back as a Force ghost, or would it be kind of flashbacks? Oh. Um, I'd on I'd honestly be up for either story. I think flashbacks would be very interesting, but I would also like to see involvement between Ben and Ray, whatever that might look like. Because for Ray, I if Daisy were to reprise her role, I'd like to see her train Jedi. Um. Mostly because I feel we don't get too in-depth with training, with Jedi training in the films. And that's just something that I like to see. So I don't know if maybe he would somehow be involved with that if they were to be in the same project together. I imagine that Finn would be one of Rey's pupils. Um, yeah. I haven't thought too much about that, but that's kind of like where I'm going with it. I, I feel it's very much uh, something that a lot of Star Wars fans have screamed out for, isn't it? Because you get a lot of it in the Clone Wars, but we don't get to see a lot of it in live action, building lightsabers, 
Padawans, yes. journeys, Jedi temples, and all that type of stuff. Considering that Jedi's are like <laughs> Jedi's and Siths are kind of the main focus of so mm-hmm. much Star Wars, we don't actually get that much learning or going on. Seeing like you do in the animated series, seeing multiple Jedi kind of find their own path. So. Finding their kyber crystals, yeah. and building their lightsabers. Like I would love to see that. With kind of with Ray leading the way would be yes would be great because you don't. It always seems to be that it's either like the Jedi Temple is or the Jedi are falling or there isn't a temple or anything around anymore. We're always in those limbo mm-hmm. of the two. So I'd love to see like a rebirth of it and then dive into that more. Yes, it's a very, very kind of interesting. I mean, there's so many ways there, the place they can go now, isn't there? I mean, f- for you, like over, I like to ask people this because it's always for me, it's an interesting one. Do you have favorite moments? We all have obviously iconic moments in multiple films, um, big scene moments, I call them, you know, I'm your father and all those types of things. Mm-hmm. But for you, do you have like a couple of moments which always kind of make make you smile or make you kind of go this is kind of why i love star wars over any time in the films or so are there particular scenes for you that kind of stand out in that way yes i have a couple so one of them is in the force awakens when ray has the the pilot helmet on and she's just sitting there in the sands of jakku next to the atat and she's just eating her her dinner and it just makes me smile and laugh because she you know she she's a character who goes through a lot especially at that point in the film just like a lot of frustration and and waiting for family and not really knowing who she is but she finds joy in such like simple things and she's just sat there kind of like you know dressed up daydreaming and just like totally enjoying her food it is it's just a really sweet but funny moment to me totally enjoying that kind of food that looks like the most unappetizing yes ever seen yes (laughs) um and i would say han solo is one of my favorite characters and to me he continues to have more of a humorous nature in each of the old trilogy films. Like I, I literally think he's just funnier in each one. And by the time you get to return of the Jedi, it's like, he's hilarious. And I laugh every single time he says proper. He is just so dramatic. (laughs) And he's just like done with that situation with the Ewoks and C-3PO and his face is just so like overly expressive and it's just it's so funny to me there's uh, there you're right there's so many moments with him one thing that always gets me every time is in the force awakens there's the brief they go to um star killer base and yes they're just i think they just got together with maybe ray and finn and now they're going to a, another point within Starkiller Base, and they go into an elevator, and Chewbacca like ha- goes to hand him a coat, as if he's going to be cold. And, oh yeah! And he just looks up at him and like, "What? I don't need a coat." 
I'm yeah, fine. he doesn't like, say anything, so right? He doesn't say anything. He oh, just looks yeah. up and like disgusted that he's offered him a so, coat that might be yeah. cold. <laughs> and he's just like, don't insult me like this. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. It's, oh it's my those gosh. like really subtle moments that Harrison Ford just puts in. And you can, you just get the whole entire from a little expression you just get this whole entire um plethora of what he's thinking at that particular time which is always brilliant story beats yeah he it was as if he never stopped playing that character in the force awakens like he was han solo he'll always be han solo yeah he he will be and i mean it's it's amazing they got him to come back and oh, I know. Come back, and then unbelievably coming back again for the rise of Skywalker, which I think is one of the oh. best acted and emotional moments in any Star Wars film. Yeah, I was so glad I didn't know about that going into the film. Yeah, because I was so surprised, and it was just yeah, it was such a pivotal moment. Did you, did you know, or were you? Did you go I, in? I didn't, I didn't know. I really oh, try my hardest to avoid as many rumors as I can, and mm-hmm. I kind of got. I've got a rule that when it got other movies, I'm fine with watching full trailers, but I try and only watch a teaser trailer mm. when it comes to Star Wars because I really want to experience as much as I possibly can in the theater. Right. Yeah, I, I, so I watch a couple do. or so. And but you know near the end they usually come out with more and they're longer and then the TV spots and I'm like okay I don't need to see all of this. Yeah, that's the thing. By the time you get to the film, if you've watched them all, there's like three to four trailers and about ten TV spots of other little tiny clips here and there. And yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I want to be su- as surprised as I possibly can be in it in seeing it in the theater. Yeah. Um, I just well, well, thank you very much for coming and doing this today. It's been really great to sit down and uh, speak Star Wars with you. Yeah, it was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Hi guys, I just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Please don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and may the force be with you. Uh